Hi, this is the Restless Ben Podcast, and I'm your host, Ben Orndorff. All the podcast stories are available, complete with pictures, at RestlessBen.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, at RestlessBen, and subscribe to the Restless Ben YouTube channel for video compilations. Today's episode is about getting back into my hostel the hard way, downhill mountain biking, and posting up at a hippie Ewok village. After Myanmar, I set my sights on northern Thailand to cool my heels for a bit. My legs dangled precariously above the concrete patio below as I hung from the bottom bar of the hostel's second-floor balcony guardrail. I paused a second to collect myself before swinging a foot up onto the balcony. Now I was parallel with the ground 15 feet below and worked myself to standing before hopping over the railing to safety. Jesus, that would have been so much easier sober, I whispered to my brother Luke, who was doing his absolute hammered best to slink across a low roof to the same balcony. His approach was arguably less dangerous, but required moving laterally across ten feet of ceramic roof tiles. He almost made it, too. But then, just a few feet before the balcony, one of the tiles under his foot slid a few inches before tipping off the edge. It shattered the silence on the patio below, dashing any hope of a stealthy infiltration. We grimaced at each other and listened for any movement inside the hostel. Nothing. Luke began to close the last few feet to the balcony as the patio door creaked open. Our eyes shot to the door and saw the glint of a machete gripped tightly in the hand of the hostel owner, Noom. Despite obviously having just woken from a deep slumber, Noom's eyes were wide open with the intensity of a man who fears he may need to use a machete against an intruder. His gaze swept the patio before locking eyes with us. It took a second to register what he was seeing. In the moonlight, he could probably just make out the two drunk Americans on his balcony and roof in various stages of breaking and entering. We were completely motionless, returning a deer-in-the-headlights stare. The scene must have looked like two raccoons who had just been caught raiding the garbage cans. Brothers and hostel owner stared at each other in utter silence for several very long seconds, before Noom let out a hearty laugh that was generated by a combination of the absurd scene and genuine relief. Still laughing, he set the machete on the patio table and put his hands on his hips before asking with good-humored amusement, So, what are you guys up to? We forgot our key, we shrugged. Then, still at three different altitudes, bathed in moonlight, all three of us laughed. Almost exactly ten years later, I strolled through the doors of Spicy Thai Hostel in Chiang Mai, Thailand, walked to the registration, and locked eyes with a machete-less noom. Although we had forgotten each other's names, we recognized each other immediately. After a good laugh about our sneaking-in misadventure, he showed me to my dorm room. Ten years later, Chiang Mai was still charming, but had become significantly more built up and touristy. The international airport makes it easy for a torrent of European travelers to flow into the market and myriad guest houses, which sprung up to meet burgeoning demand. I decided that I would splurge on some adrenaline-pumping downhill mountain biking before making my way up to the hippie village of Pai. Coughing up 1900 baht, 60 US dollars, to go for a bike ride is a tough pill to swallow, considering it's 10 nights worth of lodging. But if I can't splurge on the activities that make my heart sing, what am I doing all this for? It was worth every penny. The circa 2003 Kona Stinky downhill bikes were the same ones that Luke and I had ridden in 2008. Impressively, frugality and diligent wrench time had kept the downhill dinosaurs operational. The double black diamond rating on the single track ensured that the only other rider was a veteran downhiller from the mountains of British Columbia. The two of us and the Thai guide bombed down through the rainforest and bamboo groves, occasionally launching off a dirt jump or log drop. By the time we made it back to the road at the base of the mountain, my forearms were screaming with lactic acid buildup from using the brakes over the technical rock gardens and steep rutted out sections. In the morning, I bid Noom goodbye and ruffled his eight-year-old son's hair as I walked out the door to my shuttle to Pai. 
The ride was riddled with hairpin turns, and I was relieved when I stepped off into the cool mountain air. At Noom's recommendation, I had booked a dorm bed at Spicy Ty's sister hostel, Spicy Pie. I paid my pickup truck cab driver and emerged from the darkness into the glow of the hostel front desk. The petite 20-something that was checking me in had a neck tattoo and dreads, but there was something different about her that I couldn't put my finger on. Ah, she was wearing very lifelike elf ears, lending her a mystical appearance. Okay, we aren't in Kansas anymore, Toto. This is going to be a very hippie alternative scene, and I decided to do my damnedest to keep an open mind and fit in. The art of being a social chameleon can always use some honing. We'll be right back after this. Set a kilometer outside of the little town's walking street, Spicy Pie is as much a transient hippie commune as it is a hostel. The bamboo and thatched roof huts are surrounded by forests and rice fields. Inside, the open floor plan reveals beds lofted at different heights and facing in different directions. I opted for the highest bed, which looked out over the entire room. The place looks like a cross between the Ewok village from Star Wars and the sleeping situation the Lost Boys had in Hook. The communal area is a lofted open-air long hut with hammocks slung up. Below is a fire pit surrounded by long benches. Ample hostile guitars and firewood often keep the atmosphere going into the wee hours. Earplugs can block out sound pretty effectively, but my bed would shake precariously when people walked through the dorm. Another minor inconvenience was descending the ladder to take a late-night wee. There are no half-asleep bathroom runs. You need to have your wits about you to make it down the dangerously high handmade wooden ladder. If you're not wide awake by the time you make it safely to the ground, the freezing night air will jolt your eyes open as you scamper barefoot to the communal bathrooms beyond the fire pit. Thankfully, there are bungalows directly next to the hostel that have their own bathroom, kitchen, and porch. I decided that the extra three US dollars a night was well spent and made the switch. Now I had the social benefit of the hostel with all of the privacy and creature comforts I could ask for. Although I had only booked two nights, the next two weeks flew by effortlessly. I rented a little scooter and explored waterfalls, canyons, and hot springs with new friends from the hostel. I shopped for fresh produce, found the local gym, and would sample the street food stands in the night market. The Mei Yen Waterfall Trail is a 12-mile hike through the rainforest along a stream to a cascading waterfall. With at least 30-plus stream crossings, having reliable trail running shoes, and a solid day pack made a huge difference. I did it twice with different groups of people. Spending several hours Tarzaning around the rainforest before being rewarded with a beautiful remote waterfall is definitely worth redoing. Some days, a group of us would go lay by the river, taking occasional dips to cool off. Other days, we would take a scooter tour around the surrounding hills to do a stream walk and visit the friendly water buffalo in the surrounding fields. In the evenings, everyone would congregate in the common area to have some beers and bullshit. There's usually a cohort that heads to the bars in town, as well as a few veterans that host movie nights in their bungalows. On several occasions, I've hosted a cocktail hour on my bungalow porch with friends. The chill atmosphere, extensive social outlets, and inexpensive cost of living lends pie to its own gravitational pull, known in the local parlance as the pie hole. It is totally understandable that some people come here for a week and end up staying for a year. The difficult aspect of open-ended travel is deciding when to post up for a bit and cool your heels and when to move on to the next destination. Traveling from place to place with a sense of purpose can be exhausting and expensive. That type of travel is for the folks on vacation for a few weeks looking to pack it all in. For those of us trying to keep the adventure going as long as possible, there's no rush and economic sustainability plays a central role in planning. Relaxing in a place for a few weeks helps to recharge the batteries and save money. 
Unpack your bag entirely, make some friends for longer than a few days, find your favorite restaurants, do laundry, go grocery shopping, hit the same gym, do all of the activities, and settle into a routine. I have done just that for the past few weeks, and it has been delightful. However, I can sense a little bit of the restlessness building up in me. So, to wrench myself free from Pi's orbit, I'm heading up to a forest monastery for a Buddhist retreat for a few days. Enlightenment, here I come. Thanks for tuning in. Check out RestlessBen.com for all the stories complete with pictures. At the bottom, there's a contact form to get all the newest podcast episodes sent directly to your inbox, as well as new travel videos and blog posts, so you can keep up with my whirlwind adventures. I've also included links at the bottom of my blog to some of my favorite gear on Amazon.com. Regardless what you buy, if you use my link to reach the Amazon portal before you get whatever it is your heart desires, I get a tiny little ad revenue. It doesn't cost you a dime, and it helps me stretch my travel a bit longer. I'm basically like a Girl Scout, but instead of delicious cookies, it's pretty much anything you can imagine. And instead of using the money to go camping, I'm using it to avoid going back to work. But I'll probably use some of it to go camping, too. Thanks for listening. I'm Ben Orndorff, and I'll be back next week with a new episode of Restless Ben.